0: everybody it's maylee thomas with texas homegrown music and i've got a guest today that i just enjoyed so much getting to know we talked off the air for probably for 30 minutes and i found out that we've got so much in common and mainly it's just that we both love life and we love music and we love people and her name is shannon mcnally she um uh, She's doing a remake of Wayland songs, and it's called The Wayland Sessions. And I'm telling you, she has got some talent. Oh my goodness. She's brought in some great other Texas artists. And although she's not from Texas herself, she definitely identifies with Texas music. So I really loved sharing this show with everybody out there today, and I know you're gonna love it. So we're gonna get to it in just a moment. Before we do, I'm gonna do a song called Wash It Off for all you people that had a busy week and a hard win. I know I sure did. I had so much going on this week, and this song was actually predicated on that very thing of just getting to the place where you go, I'm just ready to wash it off and start off clean. So here we go. Wash It Off with yours truly, maylie Thomas, and we'll be right back with Shannon McNally and talk about her Wayland Sessions. I can already tell Shannon that you and I could talk for hours on this thing because there's a kindredness
1: yeah I think so yeah
0: I'm just going to start out by saying I'm really thrilled that um, that somebody reached out to me about having you on the show and I looked into your music and I'm sorry that I have not discovered you before but wow girl you have been around and done some pretty cool stuff already can't even imagine what you have in store ahead with all the cool stuff that you've got coming out and we'll talk about mm-hmm. your new release that you're doing um, you know with uh, Waylon and um, Waylon songs but I'm just going to start out as if i don't know anything about you and i want you to just give me a little elevator pitch about shannon mcnally and what it was that told you this was your vibe this is what you were supposed to do in life to be a singer because clearly i can tell that's what you were born to do oh well
1: thank you yeah i mean well um you know i'm, I'm kind of like a mood ring and and uh, the, so i most <laughs> are you I'm a mood ring. I love yeah. mood rings. When I light up I'm happy. You know, when I'm happy, um then then um, my I I kinda of like a moth to a flame and I've been that way my whole life, you know. Um I uh, my folks weren't musicians but they were avid listeners and they used to take us to see shows on Long Island and and um I got a guitar when I was twelve. I was always in some kind of music program. I was always a real academic as well. Um, but, um, by, by the time I got to college, well, my true aha moment that when I look back on my whole life, my real aha moment was I, I saw Tom Petty in the Heartbreakers in 1987 on the, uh, Full Moon Theater tour. And, uh, I just remember going, <gasps> <gasps> oh,
2: <laughs>
0: Oh, well, oh, oh, you, good oh. one to say that about because, um, and yeah. sadly, we lost Tom way too young. But I know his music has definitely um, done a lot for so many different musicians and a lot, a lot of country artists that I've interviewed and, and and a lot of rock and roll artists and Americana. So many of them have mentioned the input that Tom Petty had on their life. Oh, yeah.
1: Seeing him live, I was 15 years old uh, or 14 or 15 years old. And um, I just remember it was like a, to put it in very modern terms, um, ancient yet modern. Um, it was like a full chakra opening. And that's the only thing I can think of. It was like, oh, my God, I, 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 I want to do that. It was more than I want to do that. It was I have to do that. Right. I have to do that as, or as much as I can. I had no idea how to do it. Um, but I always loved music, you know, and um, I just remember that live show cementing it as though, you know, beyond being a listener, beyond right. being, being fascinated, you know, because when you're a teenager, you're doing everything else you're doing. You're in school, you're on the soccer team, you're in the school play, you're doing all kinds of stuff, you know, Um, but that was sort of the aha moment. And then it's just been, um, it just keeps happening. It just, for a long time, it just kept happening. You know, I kept being in bands or writing songs or, um. So you
0: started writing early on.
1: I, well, I started writing in college. I I was in a couple of bands, like some blues bands and, um, didn't really occur to me to be a songwriter until, I just sort of started writing some songs like, oh, that's a song. Um, and um, I was in a couple of blues bands and uh, in college. And it's, it just like, it just kind of kept happening to me, you know? And then I just kept writing more. And then I, when I got out of school, my first year out of college, I did a, like, I did my little cassette, you know, that made my little record. It was a five song cassette. Tape. Same five songs on both sides. And um that little cassette that uh, got me signed to Capitol Records and got me a publishing deal and and just it just kept happening, you know, and I just kinda kept riding okay, well now I'll do this. Now, you know, then I moved to LA. It's like well, I saw Los Lobos. Oh, they live in LA? Oh, oh, wait a minute, this guy with the record company, he's in LA. Oh, all right, I moved to LA. I moved to LA and and um Oh wow! I didn't realize L.A. was like this is where everything happens. So it just kind of one. It just kind of kept happening. I, I don't know how else to put it. I don't know that I set out and said, "Oh, I'm going to be a." You know, this is before you could go to college for being a music. You know, you could go to school for music, but you couldn't go to school for the music business. That didn't right. exist. You know, that was just make it up as you go and. Get lucky and be in the right place at the right time.
0: Well, there's definitely right places at the right time out in California and certainly where you're where you are now. And me being in Texas, I noticed that um, you have a lot of influence. I, I, I can't help it. I mean, I'm a Texas girl through and through. Um, I've lived in California. I've lived all over, you know, but I, I certainly would say that Texas is my total complete roots of, of music influence. And, um, and I noticed that a lot of influential people in your, and your music were from Texas and certainly this latest thing that you're doing, but you early on, you had some pretty cool little things that you were able to do that th- even the, the John Cougar Mellencamp stint that you did. I mean, you, you talked about um, some influences, that guy, I mean, even still, he he still st- is relevant to the music scene to me. His his oh. songwriting and his style. How was sure. that for you to be you know catapulted into the, an arena with people that you probably grew up already listening to?
1: Yeah, uh, John Mellencamp, John Cougar Mellencamp was my first real tour uh, um, when my first record came out from Capitol Records and. I didn't know how to do any of it. I didn't know how to front a band. I had never put a record out before. I didn't, I didn't know how to be a major label artist. I didn't have a manager. Um, my, my boyfriend was my tour manager, but he wasn't a real tour manager. Um, we were in a bus, which was being billed back to the label. Um, I had to learn how to do all of it. Um, I had a great band, this guy's out of New Jersey, um, who were in LA, Neil Casal and, um, Jeff Hill, some really great players, young, real great young sort of roots players. And, uh, we were out with Mellencamp and, um, I had to, yeah, they just kind of dropped me in the deep end, but I was, you know, I felt really uh, comfortable. I mean, Mellencamp, I grew up, if you listen, if you grew up listening to rock radio, then you it was impossible to not know who John Mellencamp was. So it was very comfortable, but it made sense to me. It wasn't, you know, far out. Like this isn't something I can relate to. I mean, I knew Jack and Diane, you know, and Pink Houses. And, you know, those songs were, those songs were, you know, gigantic. I mean, I come from the land of Bruce Springsteen. They, they, they're the same anthemic, um, you know, this is America. Right, stuff. so it so that was very familiar across the board for me at, sonically and song wise, and um you know, I mean really an amazing learning opportunity to see what that felt like and to like be on stage and I sang pink houses with him every night at the end of his set, which he oh, you know, he would so always cool. it was so cool he would have the opener you know every tour, he'd have the opener come up and sing pink houses with him, which was really uh, that's pretty exciting oh, that's awesome. Know. Yeah, it was great.
0: And, um, and, that's, and that speaks highly of, of, of him, too, because, um, you know, being the opening act for so long and, and pretty much, you know, for me until I came into a regional area um, where I was a headliner. But most of the time, if I did anything outside of here, it was always being an opener act. Mm-hmm. I hardly ever got to meet the main people i mean we were you know yeah. people would always say oh how was it to go be and i'm like i don't know i never even saw him you know we were exactly we yeah. came out sound check we got pushed as far but you know away yeah. from all their gear as if we were gonna you know touch i know i go. know <laughs> i know yeah yeah so well that, yeah so- that speaks highly of him too i like that 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 says a lot yeah i you know on a side note. You didn't happen to know if David Grissom was with him at the time, do you? I don't you think he thinking? was.
1: No, he wasn't. Um, uh, another guy uh, who'd been with him um, a long, like a long
0: time. Yeah. Um, that would have been 2002. Okay. Yeah. Well, that, that's so cool. And, 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 you know, the other cool thing about it is, you know, women in music, it's, it's been a struggle for a long time. I think, you know, and i I love to hear um, the 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 onset of these women that, you know, pioneered what it's like to really work at getting to a place where people recognize you and 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 other girls understand that this is not just a genre for guys. It's we're strong women that have a lot to say, and I've always just wanted to really put an emphasis on the fact that you know you you had to have a pretty strong conviction and confidence to go out there and head on against some of these male figures.
1: Well, for sure, it's been a man's world a long time, but you know, I mean, so that my heroes, I'm um, and, and and you know, I. I agree with all of that. It's definitely, it was a man's world. It's, it's definitely changing now. Mm -hmm. Um, and, um, but you know, and my, my strategy was kind of, obviously I'm a woman, but I never really brought any attention to that. You know what I mean? I just kind of, you're a musician. Yeah. I was a musician and I, you know, and you know, you get all, there's a lot of, there's, there's kind of an endless sea of, bullshit that you know that you you swim uphill constantly with but that's culture that's just yeah. the culture of people of American culture and just people but you know I always looked at people like Bonnie Raitt and Linda Ronstadt and Lou Harris and and Lucinda Williams and, and Gillian Welsh and and it looked very possible to me so I just you know I didn't, I didn't focus too much on the fact that, you know, one of these things is not like most of the others, but, you know, because to me, there were always women present, you know, that I was looking at that I was, you know, that I felt like they blazed a trail and I was right behind them, you know, I mean, I grew up listening to Stevie Nicks, just like everybody else. So it didn't really seem that. Like, well, why should it be so hard for
0: you to go for it? Well, good. I'm, am so glad to hear that, and I'm um, as a result. You um, you've you've put out a lot of records and a lot of great music, and I'm real excited about this new record that you're dropping. That's the Waylon Sessions from, um, of course, you know the uh, obvious Waylon Jennings songs that you've loved and we've all grown up listening to. Um, we're gonna play one right now called "Ain't Living Long Like This" that you did with C- Rodney Crowell, um, another another Texas boy that uh, you know. We're we're proud to, to call Texan, and um, I'm, i when we come back. I want to talk about how that that how those sessions went on because you had a lot of players on there that I absolutely love and adore, um, Lucas Nelson being one of them, <laughs> and not to mention not so hard hard to look at.
1: <laughs> no, he did not
0: get hit with the ugly stick. No, he didn't. <laughs> when we come back, um, if you guys just tuned in, we're talking with Shannon McNally, and. She, her vibe is so cool I just love this chick we we talked off off of the air for about 20 minutes before this started and <laughs> we I we're that. like
1: we better start rolling tape here because we're yeah,
0: we're gonna we're gonna but be we're, half an hour into this we should start <laughs> <laughs> when we come back I want to talk a little bit about the Wayland Sessions because it's really interesting okay. all the different players you have on it but for right now we're gonna play Ain't Living Long Like This and um, you're listening to Texas Homegrown Music with Maylee Thomas and my guest Shannon McNally and we'll be right right back. shannon mcnally and uh shannon i you know after reading a little bit about the uh s- these Wayland sessions that you did so tell me where where did you record most of it and how did you pull it all together did your label help you get a hold of these people or was it just organic relationships that you'd had did you reach out to them because you got a, a plethora of exciting people playing on it and and i'm so jealous that you got to work with buddy miller because that guy is like ugh. The and best. Right? <laughs> he's the best. I mean, you can say it. You can have a favorite. <laughs> oh, I'm so he's glad. my favorite. I'm so dumb. Um, I mean, I'm so I, I gotta make some money and I gotta throw him some I gotta throw him some cash say, buddy, I'm sorry, you've got to produce a song for me before I die. Because <laughs> it's yeah, just he's just pretty, great. He's pretty great. Yeah. So tell me about how this all came about and you know, I'm I'm sure that uh, it was a, I mean, it was an incredible journey. It had to be.
1: Yeah. I mean, it happened really, really fast. So I got the idea uh, sort of on stage one night. I had done something. I had just moved to Nashville and I'd been invited down to do a benefit. And they asked me to sing a couple country, straight country songs, like classic country night. <clears throat> and um, I said, sure. So I did um, Terry Allen's Amarillo Highway and right. i did don't make my brown eyes blue uh-huh. and such great songs right yeah. and uh i know and you know for me it was like i've lived all over the country and i have really always kind of kind of come from this sort of hybrid american roots rock uh, approach to it you know what i mean and as much as i i always loved country music um when i was in my early days and i was in you know, I signed Capitol Records, and I actually got dropped for being too country. And, oh my gosh, I can't even imagine that. Oh yeah, I, and I wasn't country. I mean, it was, I had a pedal steel on you know my record, but I, I which now is no, on rock and roll all over the place. It's everywhere, right? But I was right at this weird spot where you know rock radio wasn't really rootsy anymore and and Americana hadn't really been born. And um um, you know, uh, so it was sort of a ambiguous time. Um and um anyway, when I got to Nashville, you know, just a couple of years ago, I kind of felt this like relief, like, oh, wait a minute, I can You know, everybody here. There's so much talent. There's so many great musicians. You know, I'm enough of a musicologist that if I'm going to do a country, like if I'm going to do anything, I want it to be authentic. So, when I realized it's just like singing, "Don't it make my brown eyes blue?" That just that night in just this little little half-empty club and it sounded so good. You know, it was really, it was so honky tonk. And I went, Oh, it was kind of a relief. Like, Oh, wait a minute. I could actually like, you know, do this, but if I'm going to do a country, I want to do country. Well, why wouldn't I do Waylon Jennings? Like, you know, duh. So, (laughs) so I kind of had the idea and I just hooked up with a company that, um, was really sort of a 360 type of thing and they were interested in funding some projects and and um uh, they were open minded and they weren't really like coming at it from the music business that whole script that the music business has they were sort of really coming at it from off script and from a completely different like just looking at it like a normal business instead of the music business and um he said, well, what do you want to do? And I said, yeah, I'd really love to do a whole, I'm in Nashville. I would like to do a real straight country record. And Waylon Jennings just kind of popped out of my mouth. And um, and it just took off like wildfire, you know, and um, so... The band came together really, the whole thing came together in under a month, which you've been making records, wow. you know, this really doesn't happen, you know. So the idea right. was really fresh and, um, and I didn't tell anybody about it. So nobody had the chance to kind of, you know, be on my, <laughs> my parade, you know, so, um, And I really wanted to, you know, so my first call, actually, I called Kenny Vaughn because I really wanted the guitarist to sound right, you know, and and my first love is electric guitar. And um, I wanted it to I wanted it to be right you know I wanted it to I want to be able to hold my head up in guitar stores across the country um and uh, that's really all I wanted was the guitars to sound right you know this is Waylon um this is important the guitars are important you know I feel like guitars have kind of gotten you know they've been you can't put them on pop music anymore you can't you can't you can't can't play a real guitar solo. Nothing's allowed to have any balls. You know, it's like, it's horrible. So first thing I wanted was real guitars. Um, and I wanted to be authentic and I wanted it. I wanted it to do all the stuff that, you know, I, I personally don't, you know, I'm not that good a guitar player. I mean, I'm a good guitar player, but I'm not, I'm not like some guys who are great guitar players, you know, like truly great, you know, and, um, but like Kenny is. So I asked Kenny and I I, and I also wanted to capture that feeling about Waylon. It's not so much the songs like there's so many great songs, you know, and if you want to do a Waylon Jennings record, Waylon, Whalen only wrote, you know, less than half of what he sang. So right. the idea of doing a Waylon Jennings record is can you capture that feeling? Can you capture that Confidence and the Boogie and the sound of the guitars and yeah. that, that that thing that Waylon brings to it. It's not so much about the songs, because Waylon can sing the phone book, you know, same Willie Nelson. It, right. You know, it's not about, it's, it's like, you know, I don't know, what's the difference between a cut and a cover? I don't really know. You know, I think it's just a matter of how much you own it when you sing it. Absolutely. And so the idea of doing a Waylon record was really like, can I own it? Can I yeah. own this thing? And whatever the songs are, you know, this, the songs are so important, but if you serve the song, you're going to make a Waylon Jennings record.
0: That's yep. kind of what it comes down to. Well, I feel the same way. So your, your, your dude is Waylon. My dude is Chris Christopherson, and, um, and Another one who did not get hit with the ugly stick. one. <laughs>
1: I think you got to type.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Me too, sister. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, I, 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 just went to see him just a few years ago and I still was smitten by him as i oh, I'm, yeah. I'm it's <laughs> just the way it is. <laughs> I know. Oh, I hear you. <laughs> There's a billboard in Nashville,
1: right, at this huge intersection of 65 and 24. Big, big uh, the Country Music Hall of Fame but this gigantic billboard, right, up over. And at rush hour traffic, everybody's going crazy. Everybody's driving. You know, it's a huge intersection of major highways. And they put a big, huge billboard of Chris Christopherson with his shirt open to his belly button and like tan and perfect from 1972 and I thought are they trying to kill everybody
0: <laughs> yeah, there's just going to car thing. accidents hey good news is I drive a jeep so if I go <laughs> off I'm going to be fine and I probably would because um, yeah I do kind of have a thing for good looking guys and good looking <laughs> girls too I mean I'm, I'm just a looker I'm sorry guilty as charged but um, it doesn't hurt when he's brilliant and writes perfect songs but you know or but my point is he's cut to me it's a kind of the same thing and there's a lot of songs that um, Chris covers that that he didn't write and of course we know he's written so many songs for other people but yeah. um, but it, it, he sells it so you know you've got the you got you know three that we just mentioned with Willie and Waylon and um and Chris, Chris Billy uh, Good Shaver. Perfect, yeah a perfect example of that and um, and I agree that Uh, To me, it's all about whether or not... Do you believe in that song and can you can you convince somebody else to believe in it? And can you, can you bring that to the table? And, and I are already knowing, um, what, who you are and getting to know you a little bit better. I know you would not have launched on this and embarked upon this unless you really believed you can do it. And I think you nailed it. And I think you're going to see that when, when you see the, uh, how people respond to it. Uh, and I know you released a few singles off of it already, but, um, I, I'm looking forward to hearing the whole thing all the way through and um, and picturing, you know, what it took for you to do to step out on this. And I know that you've experienced a lot of, um, you know, accolades in your life already. But that's not why we do it. We do it because it's who we are and what we do. And um, it's actually more of who we are then Oh yeah. Than what we yeah. Do. And um, you know, I was genuinely nervous.
1: I was I mean, I was like, you know, there's there's like when you're setting up a record and you're and you're getting the session together and you're getting a band together and you're making sure everybody has what they need and you get the studio and the engineer and you think all this thing through and you think through the songs and, you know, you get everybody there and all that's happening and you figure and you're thinking about all the business and all the other stuff that you think about. And then it's like you step in front of the microphone and you're like, OK, none of that crap matters right now. It's just me and this microphone. And oh, my God, what was I thinking? This is insane. We're talking about Waylon Jennings here. And now I got to sing this stuff, you know. So, yeah, at that point, there's you're not competing with anything but reality
0: yeah, but once you started, yourself, uh, I, I would imagine it started working for you. It had it, to.
1: It did. I mean, I I went into it thinking I think it was all so easy, and and uh, because because you know I do, um, it was not foreign to me at all. It's very. This is my comfort. This is my comfort zone. Yeah. Yeah,
0: you know, so. Well, I, I, you I, the stuff that I've heard already, I'm totally convinced you nailed it. And I'm sure everybody in there felt that, you know, something really special happening. Um, just... Just the fact that you thought to do this is really cool. And I, and I love that you got Jesse on it. And I mean, you got all these people to buy into the idea of someone else doing his material like this. And one person doing this whole album and uh, it brings another whole new listening audience to, you know, to someone that, and he's another one left way too early, you know. Yeah, he, yeah. He completely lives on, and and it gives it another life and another whole uh, life with a girl singing and stuff, which I love. I love when girls cover guys' material. I really do. Well, um, thank I, you. I, yeah, I, I mean, of... and
1: you know, it meant a lot to me to, when I the first person I called once we got the body of the record recorded, um and I went okay. This this I this you know this isn't just in my head this is this is good. I called the first person I called was Jesse and said I did this you know Jesse Coulter and said I you know I, I hope you like it. Oh, your what you was know, her response? She was great. She said yes, yeah, sister. This was really bold. Yeah, but you know she said I've never heard a woman sing any of this stuff and um. I don't know if I could and, or if I would, um, but I think Waylon would be tickled. And uh, so I was, that really was like, but I just wanted her, I wanted, you know, look, he's an icon. He's all these things, but he's also somebody that people, you know, this is her husband, yeah. Um yeah. he's he's somebody that people really truly loved and there's a lot of people alive who were his friends and his family and so I wanted two I, things I
0: sure just like we our friends would be if someone did it for us. They're, they're, yeah, they're you
1: want to be respectful of of the whole thing,
0: you know. Yeah, of well, his whole, I of whole life. Throat.
1: Well, yeah, you I know, hope. I hope so. I, I yeah, hope don't not, tell
0: you. yourself short, dear your kiddo. Shannon, you, your voice and your demeanor and everything. I'm, I'm sure. And, and just you know, it's a huge thing to undertake. Absolutely, but. It's also he's a person just like us, and he, you know, lived for music and lived to share it, his love for music, and that's what we're living and to do, and we're all on the same journey. And I think I think it's just really lovely. Well, I know that um, you you had, like I said, you've had some um, some serious accolades in your lifetime already, and we're gonna play a song that probably was one of your earlier hits. Would you say now that I know? Oh yeah, it was sort of the first one yeah and so we're gonna play that so you guys can understand where she's coming from this is you know this is no, uh, no this isn't n- nothing new for it's not her first rodeo <laughs> so we're gonna play now that I know and when we come back we're just going to talk a little bit about um, where you can find her and the things that she's got coming up um, things are opening up now thank goodness because we can we can actually see the light at the end of this whole pandemic run um, you know it's it's still out there as we know but we but but things Are opening up and shows are happening, thank goodness, and musicians are starting to feel like we're going to, you know, survive. And so when we come back, uh, we'll be with Shannon McNally again, and she's going to do another song for us. And for now, we're going to play that song Now That I Know. And this is Texas Homegrown Music with Maylie Thomas, and we'll be right back. dragonfly from my friend patrice pike and she's living in texas and certainly um been playing in this area for a long time if you guys aren't familiar with patrice pike look her up she's out of austin now but i got to know her in the early 90s in dallas when we were both playing the deep ellum scene so i can't wait to have her on the show and and also to, to share about her nonprofit that she runs that helps um Homelessness, and I, I, I'm really, really excited about having her on soon, so you guys be sure to check out when I'm going to have Patrice Pike on the show. Okay, so we're back with uh, Shannon McNally and Shannon, I you know, I'm a big fan of uh, Charlie Sexton, and I noticed that you guys have done some work together and I've played the song. I do the same for you on my show before already, and I really like to play it again today. but um, I understand you actually have done some other work with him besides just um, recording that song together.
1: Oh, yeah. Charlie produced, um, produced my second record, Geronimo. Okay. And then Charlie and I also did a record called the South Side Sessions together. Um, and, um, we've sung with each other off and on over the years. Um, but, uh, uh, he yeah he's done I've done a number of things with Charlie Um including the last Terry Allen record uh T- Terry Allen and the Panhandle Mystery Band the record was called just like Moby Dick it came out last year and it's it's spectacular it's you know I mean um, if you are a Terry Allen fan if you don't know who Terry Allen is don't worry because you're not alone he's the best kept secret in the planet um, and mostly because he wasn't really a touring musician he's he's he makes unbelievable records like cult classic perfect records like Lubbock on everything and Juarez and so many beautiful, beautiful, just the best high end songwriting you can possibly imagine in pure Texan, pure brilliance, Guy
0: Clark, genius. Um, Am I raving? I'm raving. You're raving. <laughs> the- and, I, and I can't wait to get off this show so I can go listen. <laughs> <laughs> but the record's called Just
1: Like Moby Dick. Charlie produced it for Terry. And, um, and I am um, blessed just to be in the band, the Panhandle Mystery Band. Um,
0: I love that. No, it's the best. There is the best. That sounds it, pretty cool. There is <laughs> the best. I've got a hippie vibe to it if I've ever heard one. That's oh, a Texas hippie vibe all the time. It way. does
1: not co- no. It's like, how, how Terry isn't as big as the Grateful Dead, I don't know.
0: It drips of so groovy. It,
1: it's perfect. It's <laughs> perfect. Everything about him is perfect. The music is perfect. <laughs>
2: Said
0: you guys enjoyed the show today and getting to know shannon mcnally and her love of music and certainly lots of texas artists and i know i did i can't wait to hear the wayland sessions all the way through hope you guys will uh, remember to love life you get out of it what you put into it and uh, i'm feeling a little melancholy today and so i wanted to close the show with my friend taylor d who passed away this past march she was on the show last year and just broke my heart when I found out she was in a car accident. She's got a song called I Hope You're Happy Now. It's a beautiful song, and I know you're going to enjoy it. So peace out, everybody. We'll see you next time. And thanks again to Tupps Brewery and the Guitar Sanctuary for making this possible. we'll see you next time.
3: I heard her song on the rain for a moment You felt so
2: close
3: I changed the station I can't take no you're happy